Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Kenny Babyface Edmonds performs live at MGM National Harbor in Oxon Hill, Maryland this Saturday and Sunday. We spoke about his prolific career writing hits for artists like Boys to Men, TLC, Tony Braxton, Whitney Houston, and Usher, as well as recording his own solo hits like Every Time I Close My Eyes. Hey, Kenny Babyface Edmonds, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP. It's good to be here. Thank you. Now we're talking because you're coming to MGM National Harbor on April 23rd and 24th for what you're calling the Full Circle Tour. And it's going to be hosted by Sherry Shepard. So h- how does that work? Is it you playing music and she's doing some like comedy interludes or something? How does that, how's the setup work? Yeah, I think she, she, she opens up first and then she introduces probably me and then uh, then she'll come on again as we're switching, uh, changing the stage and then she'll introduce a uh, and talk with the um, um, with Kim as well. Introduce him. Okay, great, great. So it's going to be uh, several of you up there. Okay, great. So it's the full circle tour. But what what do, what do you, what new do you got going out? I, I'm working on a special project. Not saying exactly what it is right now, but um, so I'm just excited about the tour though because we're going to doing about 28 cities, and I haven't done this tour this kind of tour in such a long time. So it's going to be fun to get out there and and uh and do this and kim's great and sherry's great so it should be a really fun night absolutely now there's no we're excited to see you back in the dc area there's no way you remember this but uh i spoke with you backstage in your dressing room at the kennedy center when you did that marvin Gaye tribute a couple years ago you sang uh with valerie simpson i think oh wow yeah that's (laughs) That's bringing it back but uh but yeah we we love seeing you in dc but in case our listeners you know maybe they missed that remind us i love hearing your journey i know you you were born in indianapolis right you grew up in indy yeah remind us just those early days like how did you get into music as a kid i know some of your brothers went on to do after seven like was a musical family all of you guys but you know how'd you get into it yourself yeah i I started really early just kind of like loving music um probably like when i was sixth grade started writing my first songs and um, went through high school in bands. I must have been in a million bands, um, different names. Uh, and uh, then right out of high school, I joined a band called Manchild. And from there, it was it was on. I just kept kept doing it. I didn't had no other choice but to do this. This is what I was born to do. I think exactly. And the name Babyface was that that was a Bootsy Collins tag. How'd that come about? Yeah, just, you, you had a you had a youthful look. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what it was. Uh, fortunately, it worked out for me years later. But um, he just he just saw me the first time he saw me. And uh, uh, he just that's just the name he blurted out when everybody started calling me that. 
Yeah, it did. Fortunately, like you said, fortunately, it stuck. It still works. It still applies. <laughs> um, well, very cool. So you mentioned Manchild, the early group. And then I guess what was the other one was was Deal, I think it was called. The, yeah, and, the and Deal. So, yeah. yeah, the Deal. And so that's where, of course, we I bring that up because, of course, that's where you famously met L.A. Reed, And together you guys would combine your names for La Face Records. L.A., yeah. the Ella, and Babyface, the Face. So <laughs> you formed that in 89. Yeah. Um, just re- do you have memories of meeting him that very first time? Was it magic to start? Um, I think it was. Uh, we we just met in a club. Actually, he was performing at a club, the Zodiac Club, I think, and, and we just uh, ultimately a couple of years later connected and became you know partners in doing music together. And t- just tell me about founding that the LaFace Records became. I mean, that was like uh, that became the the launching point for so many artists there in, in starting in '89 and on into the '90s. But tell me about forming that label. Yeah, it was. Um, we ultimately decided we were producing so many different people and things looked like they were working, so we decided to try to start our own label and went down to Atlanta, Georgia, and did it from Atlanta. And uh, thank God that Atlanta had so much talent there and everybody was coming there, so. It ultimately worked out for us, and uh, we were able to have a nice little, you know, little face was a very special time. Very, very special time. And I want to get into some of your own solo hits because people remember your actual songs. But just while we're while we're talking um, your label and all the artists you launched, um, let me run through a couple of them really quick, because you're just behind some of the biggest acts of of my, of my soundtrack of my life, all of us. <laughs> but um, man, Boys to Men, I know you got in with them on, you know, you, you did End of the Road with them of, yeah. and then on the Roman numeral two album. Next, you did I'll Make Love to You and Water Runs Dry, like iconic, yeah. iconic stuff on the R&B side. Um, just working with them, how, how did you meet those guys and why do you think it, it was such a good collab between the, you, you guys? I think the, the first time we met was uh, Into the Road, um, which was um, part of a boom, uh, soundtrack for Boomerang. Uh, that was a movie called Boomerang that Eddie Murphy did. And um, so that was the, the song was actually written for them, uh, for, written for the movie and then they were the group to sing it. and had them in mind because it had this old Philly international sound. And um, and when that song was written, after that was written, um, it went so well that they ultimately kind of came back to me and wanted to see, actually, I think it was Gerald Busby that came back to me, asked if I could write some more. And uh, those were the, uh, that's how I'll make, I'll make love to you and Water Runs Dry came out. And you wrote those songs? Yes. That's incredible. We're talking to the, the the on the other side of the Zoom call is the hand that wrote "I'll make love to you and water runs dry." That blows my mind. <laughs> They're good. That's great stuff. All right, cool. Well, um, as if that wasn't enough, Boys to Men, like arguably one of the greatest R and B you know groups of all time. You did one of the greatest R and B you know gal groups, TLC, at this around the same time. You did you helped produce the Crazy Sexy Cool album. Yeah. Um, I know it had Waterfalls on there and Creep, but I think you, which ones did you write? Digging on You and Red Light Special yeah. stuff like that. But uh, just tell me about working with with that trio well tlc was was i always say it was one of the funnest groups to work with whenever they were in the studio it was always a good time and they were just fun and it was along with you know getting the music done you also knew you were gonna have so much fun just laughing and, and kidding around they were great and, um it it was one of one of my favorite experiences is just kind of always working with them Definitely. And rest in peace, left eye. Good memories you'll have forever, for sure. 
Um, and then, of course, the Tony Braxton's. You did her two, her first two big albums, and so many hits off of those. Breathe again, you mean the world to me. You're making me high, unbreak my heart. I mean, it was all over the radio. Uh, experiences with what was memories of of putting those two albums together with her? Yeah, that was uh, you know we were, obviously we were in the beginning of Tony's career, and um, and so Tony was um, Tony was another. Um, I, have to say a baby from the boomerang project because she that's where she kind of came out we there were a couple songs that were actually written for anita baker that anita decided not to do she wouldn't be on it and then tony got the song um love should have brought you home and and she sung the demo and so ultimately um when anita turned it down she said maybe you should have the girl that little girl singing that song that demo and that's exactly what happened and she became a big star from that so superstar all right well maybe one more that one time for one more that that your label launched uh the one and only usher <laughs> yeah. uh, we we all had that my way album uh you know you make me wanna and my way yeah. and nice and slow i mean that thing was was loaded but uh memories of 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 sort of discovering him and every, we all know him now as this famous you know singer dancer this mega star but you know in those early days how, what did you see in him back then well, I think the the memory I have of Usher first time first time seeing Usher was him coming into the um, to the Face Records and and auditioning. And this he was a little he was I don't know 12, 13 years old, and he sung he sung Into the Road, I believe. And uh, but he was like this adult the way he was singing and singing to all the girls in the room. So it was clear that he was destined to become a star from the beginning. Wow, that's so great. Um, and then I also, you know, in addition to those, you know, music albums, uh, I'm a big movie guy myself. So I wanted to ask you about some of that. I mean, you mentioned Boomerang earlier, but Waiting to Exhale, you, Exhale, you put that together, you know, that iconic title track with Whitney. And then I guess Mary J. Blige had Not Gonna Cry on there. Brandy had Sitting Up in My Room like that. That whole yeah. thing was like that spawned its own a bunch of hits, and including in addition to the actual movie was being a success. But how did you get recruited to, to do that whole project? Um, actually, I got a call from um, Forrest Whitaker, who, oh, cool. um, who was the director of the film, who came and sat with me and, and asked if I would uh, not just write the music, but also score the film as well, which I had never done. I was a little nervous about that, but he's, he said, I'm sure you can do it and, you know, um, and let's, let's just go for it. And so it was uh, certainly um, a call that came from you know, forced and I, I, me actually sitting with them that it ultimately got me to decide to do it. Um, and it was, a, it was um, a great experience and great working with Whitney in that way as well. Yeah, Whitney was all all timer. Would you say? I mean, because you worked with her on another movie project, The Prince of Egypt, with that When You Believe song too. But like, would you would you say? I mean, is is that the all time voice you've ever heard? Or I mean, that's hard to say, but she's got to be up there, right? <laughs> No, no question. I've always said that Whitney was my favorite voice ever. And uh, it's it's still to this day. She's she's like my number one. But why why is that? If we can unpack that, like, what is it about the quality? I mean, we've all heard the iconic Star Spangled Banner. I mean, we've heard all of, you know, I will, I will always love you. I mean, she can belt those notes. Us as a listener side, we're like, yeah, she can belt. But from like an actual genius music side yourself, what is the quality of her voice that makes it her the best? Um, she just her notes seemed to always be heartfelt. Um, they were always uh, not sung in any kind of technical way, just sung strictly from the heart, much like a gospel singer would do, period. And uh, she, she just had that, that timber 
the tone in her voice that just always con I always connected to, and um, it was it was amazing. She was uh, she was blessed with an amazing voice. Definitely. Well, you were blessed with your own, as promised. I wanted to circle back around to your your own stuff that was released under your your name too. Um, tell me about Tender Lover. I think that album had what like three number one R and B songs on. I think. Um, but putting that together, did you like doing solo stuff or did you prefer producing other people? I was I was more behind the scenes kind of guy. I was kind of like, um, it was the record of the. Uh, the Dick Griffey, who was head of Solar Records, that kind of pressed the point of me doing a solo album because other, otherwise I was kind of fine just to be in the deal. And uh, but they were, uh, he kept on pushing that. So ultimately, I um, reluctantly, you know, went ahead and did this album and was trying to figure it out. And there was an album before it, and then the second album started to try to figure out, okay, what is this artist thing? Who am, who am I as an artist, and and, and how should I approach it? Because you know, being a songwriter, I always wrote so many songs for different people. So it was always, I, I didn't always know how to write for my voice. So it was really writing for everyone. And through through that process, I kind of figured out, okay, where I could fit in as well. Right, for sure. Well, I think my, at least the one I remember that was my favorite, at least growing up was uh, every time I closed my eyes, I guess that was 96. Uh, yeah. I mean, tell me, take me into the creation of that. Do you remember where you were when you wrote it or, or why you wrote it? Yeah, um, every time I close my eyes, it's actually written. Kenny G had come to me and, and he said that he had a Luther had agreed to do a, one song with him on his album. And Luther Vandross. Luther Vandross, yes. And so he asked me if I could write a song for Luther Vandross, and I said sure. And I was working on my album at the time, and uh, but I stopped and I started working on this song every time I close my eyes for for Luther to sing, and then. Uh, Luther was in the studio at the same time and he came by and he listened to it. He said, I love the song, but that's not for me. And um, so ultimately um, I got every time I, every time I close my eyes, but as a reject um, and uh, I ended up doing the song instead. <laughs> <laughs> nice i just love man we can be having a casual conversation about one song and then you're just name dropping all these i mean you know it's like oh yeah and i was with luther vandross and <laughs> oh you're just kenny g i mean it's you've worked with everybody and did, didn't you also do something with clapton around that time change change the world right yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. was that your original arrangement to say change the world or was it change just change on the paper and clapton took that or who did that genius arrangement of change the world that probably sounds like something i, I don't know anybody would have to change so probably, <laughs> uh, I, I never even thought of it as change so the, um i didn't know i was doing anything different till you just mentioned it so thanks for pointing that out um change okay no it was just it was yeah, a, that's a weird question right i don't know why i came out that way <laughs> <laughs> no it's funny um but i think that um the song was originally uh done by, um, I think it was, um, oh, I'm starting to forget the name at this point. Um, but it, it was, it had already been done. And so I had to take the song and, and make it fit for, for Eric. And um, I wasn't even sure about it at first. And I was, I didn't even know that Eric Clapton even knew who I was. Um, but I had got the word that he was, he was interested in doing it, but he would only be interested in doing it if I would consider producing it. So I was kind of on the hot seat and had to figure out some cool stuff for him, 
for it. And uh, he's actually the one that pushed me to uh, do backgrounds on it as well. And um, so that's kind of like how it all happened. Gotcha. It was, I believe it was Winona did the original. Yeah, Winona Jet, exactly. Wow. Well, I mean, we've so many blasts from the past. We've been rattling off all these, you know, 80s and 90s titans, yourself included. But um, but there's been a lot of life and career since then, too. Is there, if if some of our listeners remember all these huge boys to end TLC, you know, in your own stuff, Usher, all this stuff. Um, if they remember all this, but maybe they haven't kept up with some of your recent stuff, which which would you tell them to go pick up before they head out to National Harbor? Of, of all of your albums in like the decade two since, like, what, do you have one or two that you're you're most proud of? I I'm, I can't even think at the moment because there's been a lot of things, um, but I think what what will happen in the show when I do my show, I always go through a medley of songs that I've written and produced for other people as well, and that becomes that's a really fun part of the show. And it's uh, really going down memory lane and everybody has a good time. So it's high energy and the show is going to be great. So I hope everybody comes out to see it. Yeah, well, I really appreciate you, you know, going down memory lane with us here too. Um, just sort of, you know, in closing final minutes here, um, big picturing, looking back on the whole career, it's got, it's got to be bizarre. You're sort of probably at the point where you're, st- you know, in 2013, you're getting Hollywood Walk of Fame. You're starting to get, it, you were almost at this point where you can start getting, I don't want to call it life achievement stuff because you got a while to go, but you know what I mean? Like it's some some career achievement type stuff like the Walk of Fame. Yeah. But, um, how big of an honor is when you get start getting stuff like that? You see your name plastered on a sidewalk and you get to look back and, and take stock of a career. Yeah, I think you, um, it's, it's one of those things where you kind of, it's, it's a little surreal when you start to see that stuff. And, and I never make too much of it. Um, I think if I, hindsight, if I were to say anything, I, I let a lot of things go by where there was, um, successes and things that were happening at the time that I didn't necessarily stop to smell the roses or stop to appreciate it at the time um, because you're always in a work mode. And um, and I think that's just part of being kind of who I am. I'm always kind of on to the next and always working on something else. So um, trying to slow down and appreciate things a little bit better more at this time. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Smell the roses. I like that. Well, bringing it full circles. I know we talked to you at the Kennedy Center last time backstage for the Marvin Gaye thing. But, um, man, I think I want to start the push to get you a Kennedy Center honor at some point. I think you deserve it. After all, after everything we just mentioned, come on, the Kennedy, if you're listening, Kennedy Center, give give the man his flowers while he's smelling the roses. (laughs) I appreciate that. Thanks so much. man. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what are you what are you at now? Like 12 Grammys or something? I have 12 grams, yeah. 12. Where do you keep them? You got a dozen of them. There's That's too much for one mantle. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just put them on a piano and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, I really, really appreciate you joining us again, everybody. It is the Full Circle Tour uh, with yes. Sherry Shepard. And who's the, who else is with you? Cam. And Cam. Cam. Okay, yeah. Uh, all of them are going to be at, uh, at MGM National Harbor on April 23rd through 24th. So get your tickets now. Kenny Babyface Edmonds, thanks so much for joining us. It's always great chatting with you. Thank you, you too, buddy. Take care. We also spoke in 2016 in his dressing room backstage at the Kennedy Center Spring Gala. Salute to Marvin Gaye. I'm here with the one and only Babyface. Thanks so much for joining us. It's good to be here. Thank you. Um, now, this is awesome. We're backstage in your Kennedy Center dressing room. Looking around here, this is an awesome little spot. Um, so, uh, A, uh, what are you going to be doing tonight? And B, what does Marvin Gaye mean to you? Um, a, I'm doing uh, How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You and then doing uh, 
ain't no mountain high enough with Valerie Simpson, which is going to be very cool to, 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 to sing with her, to be her Nick for the night. She she wrote it, I mean. Yeah, right? she wrote it, yeah, so it's, it's amazing. And, uh, uh, I mean, Marvin is, you know, I don't know who doesn't love Marvin Gaye and, and how important he is. He's a, I've always looked at him as a national treasure for uh, for America and for, for the world, you know. We we all love his music and grown up with it, and it's a, it's a part of our DNA at this point. Speaking of growing up with it, do you remember the first time you heard it? How old you were? I I think I remember the, the Tammy and Terrell thing, uh, and uh, and also how sweet it is to be loved by you. It's from the very early stuff, and I, I, but I just have a clear visual of seeing him and Tammy Terrell on like um what was the Dick Clark show American yeah. Bandstand? Yeah, yeah. You you'll never forget that um, seeing that. That's for sure. Um, do you have a favorite Marvin Gaye song? It's it's hard. It's tough. Uh, it's it's really hard. It, it, there are so many. Um, is there it, one you it, think has inspired you the most? Well, you, you know, we just heard "I Want You," and then uh, but there's "Distant Lover," and then there's, I mean, he has he has love songs, and then he has songs that are social conscious songs, yeah. and and so he was, you know, quite an artist. They they just we don't make them like him anymore. You know? Speak to each of those. You know, first there's the sexual healing and then there's the social healing. Speak to each of those and, and why he was so great at that. Well, I think what he was so great at, he was reaching, he always reached inside and wrote from an emotion that like lived inside of him. And and he wasn't afraid to to bear it, you know. He, he, he put it all out there, put it on his records. And so, you know, you could only imagine that he, he had to be somewhat tortured for of how he how he put laid it all right there you know in, in the music definitely well it might be hard for you to believe but you grew up listening to marvin Gaye. i grew up listening to you every time i close my eyes and all the songs you wrote and produced um you're a legend in your own right sir um let me just rapid fire really quick i'll throw out a name and like first thing that comes to your mind because we had boys to men here played at the kennedy center you did water runs dry and i'll make love to you then was just a quick First thing that you think of working with them? Oh, a great time always. It's it's always great because they sing so well, and so we can kind of get through it really fast. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Tony Braxton, um, classic voice. She's uh, every time she sings on on the microphone, immediately you know it's Tony Braxton. Whitney Houston, the best, my greatest of all time for me. I, I was fortunate to work with Mariah and Whitney uh, separately and together. We did the Prince of Egypt together, oh, so that sorry. was that was amazing. What about Change the World with Eric Clapton? Another big point in my life uh, that I never saw that coming, but it came, and it was. I'm so glad to be a part of it. TLC. That's uh, our first group on girl group on the face that still has the record of being the biggest selling, you know, female group of all time. So yeah. I'm very proud of them. We could go on and on with this. We're not gonna. You've worked with all the legends, and you're a legend yourself. So um, just bringing it full circle. You know how excited are you to be here at the Kennedy Center in such a prestigious place? You know, honoring such a famous guy. I'm I'm honored to be be part of it, um, and it's some great singers that are uh, performed tonight. And so I gotta put put my A game on and try to come hard because it ain't gonna be easy. I think you got it. Yeah, I'll work on it. Thanks, sir. Appreciate Thank it. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.